You're listening to the Woman of Value podcast. You are about to hear the story of a woman who is following her dreams and passions and creating positive change in the world. If we have this constant narrative that's saying, you're fat, you're, you know, your clothes are ugly, this isn't good enough, how can you actually stand up and have great posture and be confident and be heard properly? My guest today is Janice Iceman. She is the owner of the Calgary-based My Body Couture. It's a private one-on-one health studio. She is a highly certified movement specialist and a nutrition coach. Janice works with clients to develop practical and sustainable plans so that they can feel better in their bodies. She is a local and international speaker and presenter, and she is frequently quoted as a health expert in publications such as Reader's Digest, Prevention, Women's Health, Cosmo, and Working Mother. Welcome, Janice. Thank you. And I wanted to also say that on top of all of Janice's amazing qualifications, she's also a wonderful person. I know her personally through her membership in my my Facebook group, Your Last First Date, and she is also an amazing monitor in that group. You're always there to present just a, a very kind and reasonable way to look at life and dating and love. And so I appreciate that. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. So Janice, take us through your aha moment when you realized that you needed to make a change and claim your value. All right. So I had a totally different career. Had you read my bio 10 years ago, it would have had a completely different job, a completely different city, a completely different life. So I completely changed my life about eight years ago. I used to work in the fashion media. I lived in New York City and you know that was a very different kind of job. That job was based on connections. It had a sales element to it. It was based on reputation, physical appearance. And my job today is extraordinarily different. It couldn't be more different in certain ways. The aha moment really, I mean, I can pin it to one second in time. Unfortunately, I was, (laughs) I had just attended a show at Fashion Week and I actually just had a moment where I knew that I could not do this anymore. And I went out behind the tents of Bryant Park and I sat down at a picnic table and I started to cry because I didn't know how to get from where I was at that point in my life, where image was everything. And I had worked so hard and I loved my job. I really, really loved it. But that world was not for me. But I didn't know how to jump from here to there. So the aha moment really was crumbling on a table crying. <laughs> <laughs> but I knew at that moment that, that I was done. There was no kind of continuing forward. There was no telling myself that it was going to be okay I had to take steps to make that happen. So it took a couple of years to actually fully transition, but that was really the pinnacle moment. You really just felt this is just not in alignment with who I am and I have to get out. And and what's interesting about these aha moments is that you don't know what next steps are. Like you just don't, you just know, I can't stay here anymore. And and so there's, there's like a leap of faith. You have to just kind of, Go. I'm not sure what's next, but it's got to be better than this. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I agree. And what's, what was particularly difficult in my case, it wasn't like I was in an unhappy situation. I wasn't waking up every day and thinking, oh no, I have to go to work. Oh no, I hate all these people. That wasn't it. So I think in some ways it's easier to change your life and to follow that path if you actually are unhappy. That really wasn't it. It was, as you just said, it was, I was living a path that was just not in alignment. Yeah. So it's interesting that now you help align bodies. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Um, so tell us about the process that it took to get to where you are today. Well, uh, there, was, there was a pretty big factor kind of thrown in the middle there, which probably pushed it along. And I had a baby. So one of the things that was actually quite a limiting factor in my old life was that I really didn't have space in my life for me. That job was really about the job. And again, I love the job. I love the people. I love the energy. I love the things I got to do. But I didn't really have my own circle of friends. I didn't really have a social life. I didn't have a family life. And I, and I wanted those things. So I ended up having a baby as a single mother. And I mean, there's nothing faster than having a child to change your life, period. But it's sort of really at the other end of, I took a year of maternity leave. And at the other end of that, it was just abundantly clear to me that that wasn't even an option. And so whatever had to be done was going to get done. I don't recommend that path as a life-changing <laughs> path, but it's the one that I did. Well, it sounds like it brought some balance to your life. And it, it, as chaotic as it was, <laughs> it, it was some of the missing pieces to your life. That's right. That's right. So I basically, at that point, when he was a year old, I moved. And so I changed cities. I changed careers. And within a year, I actually opened a fitness studio where, as you just mentioned, I work with people who are in pain and I bring them out of pain and into alignment with their body. It is really really meaningful work to me. I have great work-life balance. I get to spend time with my son. And I feel like the person that I am when I show up at work is the person that I am everywhere else in my life. And that is worth everything to me. Um, was there something that, that led you to working with people on their bodies? There was. I actually, when I had my fashion media job, I actually had a personal passion. It was part of how I balanced that world with all the parties and the champagne and the, and the clothing and all of that was actually a strong personal passion for fitness, health, nutrition, et cetera. So you could usually find me in my spare time, either taking a course related to that or in a health food store or hanging out with other like-minded people. Along the way, I had actually taken some instructor certification courses and started, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't plan this, but it turned out to be a great thing at the end of it, was I started working with people because I just, I loved it. And there was one particular client that actually really changed my life. She's a young woman in her early 20s who had had a childhood cancer. And she came to me and asked if I could help her. I said, yes. I don't even know why I said yes, but we worked together every day or twice a week for two years. So she put quite a bit of time into it. Um, when she had first come to me, the doctors told her that she was going to need both her shoulders replaced because there was basically the blood and the circulation in her joints was not functional. She'd already had her hips replaced. So she was looking for a way to not have to, to do that procedure. By the time she left two years later, she ended up getting married. She had a baby, et cetera. 
Um, but she told me when she left that the doctors had cleared her. The last time she'd ever had a steroid injection in her arms was the week that she came to see me and she no longer needed the surgery. And I was like, whoa, that is actually, that's, that is something that I can do for people, which is really meaningful as well to me. Wow. Amazing story. And yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that that can motivate anybody to, you know, to want to continue <laughs> to do this work. Is it, right. you know, it's like a miracle worker, really. <laughs> so I, I mean, I, I ended up specializing in people who have pain. So that is a bit of an extreme scenario, but I work with people who want to feel more comfortable in their body. And I love it because it really does feel like a calling. It feels like if you can be comfortable in your body and not walk around with sore back, sore shoulders, sore hips, sore knees, whatever, you can go out and live your life's goals. But if your body is actually holding you back, it's not, it's not going to happen. I totally understand that, you know, and when my back went out about a year ago and not terrible, I mean, I'm, I've been pretty lucky, but just that discomfort and knowing that I couldn't function the way I normally do was so disheartening and discouraging. And I think over time it's depressing to people. I, I've seen it, it you know, and then there's all the opioid issues because people just pop pills for everything. The painkillers. Yep. Uh-huh. Yes, yeah, yeah. so I'm taking a bit of a different approach. And it's why I actually resonated with you in the first place, because you really take a woman of value approach. And, and that is on every level. You speak about communication, you speak about following your dreams. But I work with women and men, for that matter, on, on doing that really with our bodies. And that could be, you know, I've worked with people from every phase of, of athletic to completely sedentary. One of my favorite clients actually has been my mom. And she said to me, I don't think this is doing anything, but it feels better when I garden. And that to me is really what the goal is. I don't really care if you're looking to, you know, get out there and work in a corporate setting, or like you said, if you're, you know, you want to go live your life on a weekend, go on some dates, see friends, if you want to just get out in the garden that's really my, my life's mission is to help people get their body out of the way so that they can get on with the things that they want to do. Yes. It doesn't have to be major. It doesn't have to be saving somebody yeah. from shoulder replacement. Correct. Yeah. 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 Being able to garden, being able to cook. I mean, being able to function is huge as people age, especially. And I'm, I'm wondering, Janice, if you have an, a personal connection to this work, like how has this work helped your own body? Great question. <laughs> I actually got into it in the first place because I had a knee injury and it was just caused from running. And if I knew then what I knew now, it would have been solved in probably two weeks, but it was, it was in the 1990s and I kind of walked through a very traditional path. I went to a sports doctor who... Uh, it was super crazy. He told me to take a piece of string and hang a rock off it and then move my leg. And I tried everything. And then there was a day that I walked into the Pilates studio. And that was, that was in the olden days of Pilates when the only place that you could find them was an actual studio. And everybody that was in there was basically a dancer of some kind. And it just instantly created a shift in my personal confidence, in my body, my knee issue went away. And actually I later went on to run the New York City Marathon without any issue and without any other special effort. 
I did not grow up as an athlete. I was like horrible at, not like horrible. I actually was horrible at phys ed um, to the point where I remember sitting in my phys ed teacher's office crying because it was bringing down my GPA. So I did not come to this as a person who just is like this gazelle rolling through life, athletic and just, I get it. That's why I do what I do because I feel like by the time my body gets it, I can break that down to anyone. But I noticed that there's a huge difference in my confidence period, end of story, and my ability to go achieve my dreams when my body feels like it's ready to go. Yeah. Well, I, I can't even imagine a rock coming off your knee. <laughs> Crazy. Um, but, you know, and I've dealt with crazy doctors and you yeah. start to trust your own medical intuition. I think we all have, have intuition that we ignore and we try, we give up our power to people in power and think, well, they know better. And the truth is that we, if we tune ourselves into our bodies, we know a lot more than we think we do. We do. However, what is really missing is a dialogue to help educate us on what our body's saying. So I spend a lot of time with my clients literally developing a vocabulary. We think of pain as one category. My back hurts. Is it sharp? Is it moving up? Is there movement? Is there heat? You know, it's, it's basic things like that that can help us problem solve, but we don't learn that in school. And so we always tell people, listen to your body. But the fact is most of us have absolutely no idea what, what our body's saying to us. So I agree with you that there is a deep intuition. For example, there's a lot of stories and it actually even happened to me where I was sick with something and my doctor um, had never actually seen these symptoms linked to that, that particular disease. And so he basically was like, well, we, you know, it, he wasn't saying I was crazy, but kind of. Um, and I knew that something was wrong. So on that front, I agree with you, but I think that there is definitely a call for all of us. This is, you know, our body is, it's like our a car and you need to have some fundamental education on how this works, how we maintain it. And that way we can show up to business meetings. We can show up in our full selves. We can achieve our life goals and missions. And you see that people who are really high peak performers, like you look at a Tony Robbins or a Brandon Burchard for anybody who knows him, mm -hmm. and they are, they're working on all of that. You know, if you look at Tony Robbins' film, um, Not Your Guru, I think it's called, you could see his morning routine, how he works on every aspect of who he is all the time, every day. You know, if, that, if it's true, it looks like it because he's in looking, he looks like he's in great shape. <laughs> yeah. But I think about that. I think about these people who are, are high performers. You really have to pay attention to your body. And years ago, I met a guy who was speaking for the International Coaches Federation in New York. And he was running a coaching practice where he was, it was sort of this boutique practice where people could contact him anytime. He didn't have appointments. And I was thinking, wow, this guy has no boundaries. And, and I had just started, but there was something so off about him and his practice. He was obese. He was traveling all the time and he had 24 hours, you can reach me. And, wow. and a couple of years later, I found out that he had unfortunately passed away. And I just, you know, I remember that, that moment of thinking like, you cannot run your life this way. It is not healthy. And, you know, as a coach, I always try to walk my talk. 
and live as I coach um, because I couldn't live with myself if I didn't. And I, and I think, you know, it's, it's, it's always interesting to me to see how somebody's work is reflected in their own life. Because I think ideally, if it, if it has a deep connection to who you are and what you stand for and your why is there, then you wake up every day motivated, excited to do the work, right? Absolutely. It's unstoppable. Yeah. <laughs> to go back to, to um, Tony Robbins, have you actually seen Tony Robbins live? No, I haven't. He does. Um, he actually does a physical embodiment exercise that is actually quite powerful. So he will have the entire audience. There's thousands of people that go to see Tony Robbins, and he has you say a particular phrase. I can't recall quite what it is, but he has you envision a certain mood in your head. I think he just says, "Has you say hello," and so he says. Think about saying hello to somebody when you don't want them to talk to you. And yet as you stand up and the entire audience says this, and what, what you really notice is that everybody speaks quietly, heads come down, shoulders curve forward, avoid making eye contact. And then he builds on that and has you envision different scenarios all the way to the point where you are greeting somebody at the airport that is your favorite person on earth and then you're standing hugging these strangers beside you screaming shouting jumping up and down so he really understands that connection between your physical body your mindset and what you can achieve in life i i do something similar to that when i teach feelings and needs and have people um, work on their tone and so when you're angry at somebody and you say something it comes out snippy no matter how much you try to not say it that way. And right. when you have processed and you really have cleared, you're just, you're calm and you can see the intention of the other person. So and I do a lot of body work. I, I, I don't think that we can live only in our heads. I, I think that um, there's so much that is somatic, um, you know, body work that really makes a big difference. It, it bypasses our logical brain that's trying to talk us out of things. And uh, there's, it's pretty powerful. I think there's also a really deep connection that many women have with their bodies. And it's not necessarily positives when we go to the office or when we're in a negotiation setting or when we're even sitting envisioning our dreams, our bodies can actually have this whole overlay of, I hate this, this is fat, this needs to be fixed. We really pick that apart. And I think that it's really, um, I referenced that earlier, but that kind of physical self-confidence that needs to actually be a, in a very neutral place for us to actually really get into the work and our life's mission. Because if we have this constant narrative that's saying, you're fat, you're, you know, your clothes are ugly, this isn't good enough, how can you actually stand up and have great posture and be confident and be heard properly? And that's in any setting. Even if you're getting a coffee, you know, the, those internal thoughts about your body are really speaking forward your confidence your mm -hmm. your feeling about yourself it does it definitely comes forward yeah and just getting out of your head and you know judging the whole judging thing and I, and I talk to a lot of people on the public speaking sphere and public speaking is is so scary for most people including me um, at least I, I used to be much more frightened of it because I was so much in my head and so much focused on what other people would think of me. 
And so when you start to become more confident, and, you, and I do exercises in my body to calm the nerves. I teach these to all the people I work with to jump up and down so that the, the nerves, the excitement, it becomes excitement instead of nervousness. And I do the power pose, uh, like the super pa- Superman pose, uh, things like that I find are um, really helpful because we have all these, you know, this anxiety or these nerves, but we can turn them into, into excitement and into joy, into giving to others instead of they're gonna make fun of me. Right. That's amazing. I would actually love to go through those exercises with you. Oh, okay. Well, we can do this. <laughs> um, well, so, so I think it was Amy Cuddy. If you watch her TED talk, um, she talks about how to, how to do the power pose. And it's basically, you can go to the bathroom before a performance, um, any kind of performance or a meeting where you're scared and just open up your arms and, and just, you know, like open your body because closed body is, is keeps the tension in and an open body feels powerful. And also just pushing up against a wall um, or anything where you're taking that energy and pushing. It's almost like doing push-ups before, before you do something that's on a stage. So I did all those things before, before my TED talk in particular, because I was a nervous wreck. (laughs) (laughs) So Janice, um, let's talk about the future. So right now you're running this, this business in the present, the body, body couture. Well, first of all, like, how did you come up with that name? It's a really cool name. Thank you. Um, Well, I actually stole that particular word from fashion. But what I really wanted to build was a one-to-one business. So it's not that I think that group fitness is bad, but what I loved and what really lights me up is that story that I shared earlier about working with a client and really answering their specific need. Each time a client comes in, I look at their body and we give them what they need that day. So they might be a little high strung, we're going to bring them down. They might be tired, we're going to bring them up. We're working where they are. And I think there's a lot of power in that because it actually helps people self-regulate themselves after a period of time as well and self-identify kind of problems and issues and do a lot of problem solving for themselves. So this business for me is, as far as I know, and as far as I can future vision, it is the rest of my life's work. So the first thing that's actually coming up on the very, very near horizon is a video course. So I will be doing an eight-week course, two sessions a week, and that makes my work accessible to people throughout literally the world. So, you know, obviously I run a, a private studio. It's 400 square feet. So unless you're local and available at certain hours, that work is not really accessible. So I'm bringing it to video. So that's really exciting for me. And from there, I am looking to lead retreats, go and go with my clients and do some intensive work with them in other destinations. A lot of my clients travel. Um, I will be inviting all kinds of people all over the world to do that with me. I would actually love to um, teach on a sailboat and do that for months on end. Uh, I'm, I'm launching a lot more public speaking and writing um, because I do have a little bit of a different philosophy than a lot of people that are kind of in my field. And 
the people who want to hear more about that are just wanting to hear more about that. So I'm planning at some point to write a book. Um, I'd love to do a TED talk like you did. <laughs> and, you know, just really, because it is my life, it's my life, it's my work, it's my passion, it's my mission. There's kind of no end to where it goes, especially with the power of the internet. That sounds very exciting. Well, so what does set you apart from other people? I really focus on educating. Um, I think that you can put people through exercises, but unless people understand why they're doing them and what their body's saying to them, there's no change. And we see this in every field. Uh, we can work with a professional in any field. And if they are actually doing it for you, we don't tend to get that deeper education. So I'm actually an educator as opposed to a, you know, I'm not, I, I do personal training in the sense that you're working one-on-one -on -one with me on fitness oriented exercises, but I am so far from a personal trainer because I'm really, I'm getting out my skeleton. I'm showing you your body. We're learning kind of that body awareness piece. Actually, it's a very uncommon thing for somebody to work only one-on-one -on -one with clients in my business. Um, so I always say to people, I'm not a group teacher that teaches privates. I'm a private teacher that sometimes, not that often, teaches groups. And that really is a very different job, as you know from your coaching work, um, because I'm not sort of formulaically saying, everybody, this is really what's good for you, because actually it's not. Um, and really my personal investment in the success of my clients, I actually at some point hope that they leave my practice, that they've gotten enough tools, we've kind of dug through the layers and peeled the layers of the onion, that they can leave and go live their, their life. Very similar to my philosophy. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I am such a proponent of having people leave and go off and do it on their own. And so many people come to me and say, just tell me what to do. And I, and I say to them, I say the same thing to my children. You know, it's not going to serve you if I do it for you or if I tell you what to do. I can help you formulate the right path for yourself. But we all come with our own experiences and our own bodies and our own everything. And mm -hmm. we really need to be able to figure out this stuff. Um, and so there's no it. formula. So that also, I mean, I see, obviously, everybody sees if you open up any Instagram related to health or fitness, there's kind of formulas and memes and things like that. And it, you know, maybe that does work for 20 days or 30 days. It might even work for a year, but you really do need to dig underneath there. And you do that with your dating group as well. It's not kind of a, here's 12 rules. It's yeah. doing the much deeper work. So I think that that's kind of where I sit is we're, we're, we're getting underneath all of the memes. I actually write blogs that kind of break a lot of those myths because a lot of them just aren't even true. You don't need to drink eight glasses of water. That was an arbitrary number, et cetera. You know, you don't need to take 10,000 steps. Maybe you need more, maybe you need less, but people just kind of get fixated on the rules and then their head sort of explodes. <laughs> yeah. I've even seen people get sick from drinking too much water and yeah. I, I tried uh, the, the fast metabolism diet, I think it was about a year ago, 
And I thought, oh, you know, after menopause, my metabolism slowed down. Let's try this because I never, I never gained weight. You know, it was just like, what is going on with my body? <laughs> and I hate, I really hated it because I always just ate what my body told me to eat. And I stopped eating when my body told me to stop. And I went on this diet and I despised it. I really like every day I would eat this food and I would feel so out of alignment with who I was. And like the food was, it was just, I was eating foods I didn't enjoy. And, uh, you know, when it was over, I was kind of glad I had the discipline to do it and just to try it. But I realized that I cannot do this. And, And I had tried dieting many years ago, like in my 20s, when I gained weight for the very first time. And the only thing that worked for me was changing my lifestyle. It was learning how to eat healthy, starting an exercise routine, getting on a bike, just doing stuff that I loved and changing my lifestyle. So it's, you know, I know who I am. Not everybody works this way, obviously, but that's you right. and I seem to, you know, have it's, similar It's the way. same. You could take my job right now because yeah. that's basically, you know, <laughs> it's, it's actually an astonishingly simple it's simple but complex, but at the end of the day, you are not going to stick with an exercise program you don't love. That doesn't mean that I have the exercise program that, that someone's going to love, but it's finding something that you will do and you will sustainably do for the rest of your life. I'm not a big proponent of quick fixes. I'm not a big proponent of diets. I think those things have their place, but basically the real dietary truths are very boring. You need to eat fruits and vegetables. You need to stay hydrated. You need to sleep. Um, you need to chew your food. It's, it's really boring. And unfortunately, people want to kind of create this bigger package around it. And it just doesn't really work that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, simple, but complex. <laughs> yes, very complex, actually. <laughs> All right. Well, it's time for the lightning round. Are you ready? Ooh, sweet. Okay. Okay, so Janice, what was the number one thing holding you back from becoming a woman of value? Fear. Fear of? Um, fear of stepping away from a high-profile job where I could see all of these perks and all of the value that was put on me as a person into something that was crunchy and granola and I wasn't going to get to wear my pretty dresses and I wasn't going to get entrance to you know fancy parties. And I have a much more meaningful life today than kind of all of that. But I was, I was really scared of who am I when I take away kind of that external, external success piece. Yeah, external success. And also it was your identity. Very and much so. So yes. you're, you were changing identities. You were taking away safety. Yeah. And fun and a lot of <laughs> things. Right? And stepping into this unknown country granola land yeah and it's great over here yeah (laughs) what is something that you failed at that taught you an important life lesson this is actually the second business i i have tried starting um the first failure every single business owner will tell you that but uh i failed at it period end of the story (laughs) and i'm glad i did because what i actually really learned from that business was i spent too much time planning and not enough time executing. And so the way I operate today is probably annoying to some of my colleagues and, and others in my professional sphere, but I do first and plan second. Um, because 
we can overthink, we can overplan, we can let that fear kind of get in our way. I do things long before I'm ready. When I opened my studio, I didn't have furniture. I didn't have signage, but I had clients ready to come. So the furniture and the signage is there now. But I learned the first time that if you wait until everything is perfect, you will never get there. That's a great life lesson for everything in life. I so agree. And I, I, again, very much the same way. I, I leap and then look. I, uh, you know, the TED Talk was a perfect example of speaking before I could speak, of taking this incredible opportunity and then like, oh my God, how am I going to do this? But then you figure it out because... You figure it out. And I actually find when I really look back at the last six years of my business, there's very few things that I've done where I'm like, ooh, wouldn't do that again. Um, I still would open the doors today without furniture or signage because it didn't matter. Um, and those little things along the way that I would change slightly, I have the opportunity to change them going forward, but there's nothing significant because it really was driven by my intuition, my gut and my, you know, just a need to do it and to figure it out. Yeah. And I think we, we also, this analysis paralysis keeps people stuck for a long time. Like I just, if I get that last degree and I need a little bit more of this and and, and they never launch. And so the launching part is important, but also the learning that happens when you're in it, because you cannot, you cannot grow in the same way until you experience something. That's right. I think another lesson along the way was no one to stop, no one to quit, no one to bail, no one to pull shoot. That was a really hard one because I grew up definitely in the you start, you finish what you start. And I remember when I was in high school, I didn't want to finish a course that I'd started. And I ended up crying in the grocery store in front of my mom because I was so like, oh, she's going to be so disappointed. But that one is really key when, when you are following your dreams because not everything that you start and not every person you employ and not every idea that you have needs to be followed through to that very, very end. So true. Yeah, it's it's sort of a dance. You step in, you step back and take a look. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> you That's go right. back in. That doesn't work anymore. And you have to be ruthlessly honest, you know, and and I think it's a it's a really good thing for people to listen to. All right. Next question. What is the best advice you can give to a woman who has given up her value in the past and wants to become a woman of value? Oh, I would say read or listen to some Brene Brown. There's a lot in there about shame. I mean, that's what her entire, entire first book is about. And I think that stuff, that kind of shame lays in our body like skeletons in the basement. And you have to kind of dig through there because until you do that work, you are going to subconsciously feel, I can't do it. What if everyone laughs at me? I don't know enough, I'm not good enough, whatever it is, whatever that narrative is. And the things that you internally feel shame about probably aren't even things that other people look at you and think and believe. Um, And then second, I would actually, this one I've learned from you, Sandy, but the value of good, clear, concise communication. You cannot get anywhere without being able to speak your value 
So that requires two things, understanding your values and really doing that work and then learning those communication techniques. So I would actually also recommend if that's a weak spot to work with you. <laughs> well, thank you. Great tips. <laughs> um, next question is, do you have any books that you would recommend that have helped you along your journey? I did reference already uh, Brene Brown. I think that that was a very powerful, life-changing, she has a body of work. In my 30s, I loved Gabrielle Bernstein. She has kind of a spiritual approach that I found very, very easy to get into. Um, I read a lot of books, so it's hard to pick. Just Those are just a couple though that I think, that I think are good entry points into it. Good choices. All right, now it's time for your favorite quote. My favorite quote? You know, it's the old Nike, just do it. <laughs> <laughs> the old Nike slogan, just do it. I mean, we always will have reasons. We don't have enough time. We don't have enough money. We don't have this. We don't have that. But at the end of it, if you want to actually live the life of your dreams, just do it. Commit. You know, I. I found ways as a single parent business owner with no money to go on vacation. I have found ways to do everything that I want in life because I commit and I say, I'm just going to do it. And it always has worked out. So as long as you are in that mindset, Nike was really onto something in the eighties. Just got to do it. Yeah. I love the simplicity of that message. <laughs> and it's strong. That's kind of the theme of this show is like, it doesn't have to be so complex but you just got to follow through and you just got to do right. it. Awesome. So this is our final question, Janice. It's a big one. How would okay. you like to be, how would you like to be remembered? Well, um, I'm, I'm in a lucky position. I actually get to hear how my clients, uh, connect to me and what they remember about me. They write me these beautiful testimonials. I would like to be remembered as somebody who made a difference. And that is, you know, obviously that, that means a lot of different things, but that I actually spent my life doing meaningful things that I wanted to do. And that is in a whole range of different areas of my life. But my son, my clients, I live in a home that I think is beautiful. I wear beautiful clothes. I actually went through an exercise a few years ago where I looked at all the ways that I was spending money and I worked it down to the three that mattered to me. And that's where I spend my money. So I think everything that I do really comes down to living that life of alignment and making a difference and really feeling confident that what I do in my life actually matters. I love it. Well, you are living that life and, and you're very conscious about it, which is a wonderful thing for other people to see and to learn from. And to know that you didn't just get here because you were born into this athletic body and had, <laughs> you know, the perfect career coming out of high school and college and, but you, you really created this life and it's very much so. Yeah. I like love my this. family. My dad is a farmer. So there wasn't anything in my upbringing that got me my job in New York. My dad didn't have someone to call. And, you know, I, I run a business where I definitely work hard. There is no question about it. I work at it and I exert effort. So it, it didn't drop into my lap. 
Thank you so much, Janice, for coming on and, and for sharing your Woman of Values story, how you came to be who you are today and, and how you're helping so many people to step into their value and live the life that they're meant to live. If you would like to step more fully into your value, grab a free copy of The Ultimate Guide to Becoming a Woman of Value on my website, thewomanofvalue.com. Just click the link at the top of the homepage. And if you haven't already done so, be sure to click the subscribe button in your listening app. And if there's something in this episode that inspired you, please share it with others. Because the more we share these inspirational stories, the more women of value we will have in this world. I'll see you next time.